Inspiring students to learn music and music advocacy were the two main challenges for band directors before the introduction of the COVID-19 pandemic, and as we're finding in the midst of it as well. This week on This Is You, a podcast by Dennis Wick, we'll start a two-part interview where we'll take a look at both issues. In part one, how do we inspire? This has been an ongoing discussion in our quarantined but not forgotten series, and the more ideas, the better, right? Jenny McClay, Carla Newsom, and Terry Gines are all band directors and music educators, and we're going to discuss the issues of past, present, and future for both inspiring our students and advocating for the importance of their music education to their parents. This week, we're going to focus on inspiration. Jenny, let's start with you. You have an online teaching studio, so you're not dealing with a band room of kids, and students are seeking you out. But what has been the biggest challenge for you? Yeah, actually, I had the, I guess, unique blessing for this. I've had a Skype studio since 2013, I believe. So I had a little bit of an advantage um, just because I've been moving around a lot. So I've actually been teaching online for years now, but it was really difficult for like people that hadn't started online lessons with me to like transition to that. So that was definitely a challenge. Um, I would say one of the hardest things that I experienced um, teaching online, a lot of the students, especially like college students that were so used to like having a routine that they would just have trouble creating their own routine from home. A lot of them, um, I had some students where I would have a lesson at maybe 10 or 11 in the morning and they would say, oh, sorry, I just woke up or things like that, that having that in-person schedule wouldn't let them do, or Mm -hmm. sometimes they would forget lessons or and I'm all for self-care and like watching Netflix and things like that. But I've had students before, like I watched this entire show in two days or something. Well, did you practice? Did you do anything with music? And so it's really been hard for a lot of people to stay motivated and like create some kind of normal schedule to be productive. It was sometimes challenging to find something that would inspire others. That's always been sort of my teaching philosophy is find like that one thing that like sparks the interest for music and then like build off of that for other things but I know for me it was difficult a lot of times I would be really excited about Mozart and maybe the student didn't care about Mozart or something like that so trying to find each person's unique interest has been a challenge for me yeah Carla I'll let you answer that question go ahead I teach a lot of older students too um so a lot of kids who are going off to college uh auditioning for music school um and just kids who are just more serious sometimes. Um, but now having this screen in front of me, it's there's just that element of like of passion that's lost. And I, I it's such an emotional, um, uh, an emotional thing that we we do as musicians to have this now in front of us. Like it, there's just that element of emotion and, and attachment that's kind of lost. And I find that's. I thought it was hard before and now I'm finding it's like even harder sometimes to like pull it out of them. Um, I think that's that. And, you know, just for clarinet players, like, why don't you have any reads? I'm like, okay, that, that was half the battle. Like last time now, you know, things are behind, things are out of stock. They have to order. And that's that like, it makes, it makes that look like nothing. (laughs) And that's, it's more of the emotional, I think, and the, the personal attachment, like that's, that's lost. And that's, for me, that, that's been hard for me to kind of understand. I feel like sometimes I'm like losing my students or I'm maybe I'm not giving them as much as I could be. I'm like, man, like what was missing from that lesson? Like what? And my husband will be listening in the other room. He's like, you did fine. Like you're doing what you can across the screen. 
you can only do so much across the screen. He's like, until you can have them back in person, you have to take the little victories that you can get. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> For me, that um, the most challenging, the most challenging thing has been getting parents on board. Um, we're fighting a lot with AP classes and things like that at the high school level and getting parents to understand that, that math, science, and language are, are not the most important thing all the time. You know, you need to develop your child as a, as a whole person and, and the arts, whatever that might be, is, should be part of that. Um, that's something that, and that's a cultural difference between here and Europe what I've noticed, um, especially Europe, music is a core subject, and here it's, um, and and overcoming the emphasis that this country has on sports has also been a a, a big a big issue. Um, the the through COVID, um, my biggest fight has been with the special ed kids because they lost so much. Um, we just no, I, I met with. I have about 20% of my kids are special ed and some of them can really play. Um, you know, you don't always think that, you know, but there was, I had a couple of kids that could keep up with all of the normal kids. You know, um, I have a baritone player that's just outstanding and he hates band. He never tells never forgets to tell me how much he hates band, but he plays great and sings the song. So I don't, re I refuse to believe that he hates band. <laughs> he, he, he will come into the video chat a couple of times and he was singing the song that I was doing and he didn't know that it, the camera was on. I just sat there and listened to him sing. I was like, man, I'm glad you hate this. <laughs> so, um, but Getting the kids to to do some of the things virtually, especially especially kids, was next to impossible. Wow, I, I never thought about that. Over the past few months, have you found anything special that helps you connect better to your special needs kids over virtual learning? I I had to meet with them privately and give them a private lesson through video chat. It was the only way to to get them to do the assignments, and it was for me to do it live with them. Yeah. Um, and Jenny, going back to the online studio, have you seen the concentration of your students slip? I've just been hearing from a lot of my students, like it's been really hard to stay motivated. They have a hard time doing all the schoolwork and practicing. So there were a lot of times we would just practice together during lessons just because they didn't have time because teachers felt they could assign more work during all of this. But um, I would say just finding that sense of motivation and productivity. So I would do things like send them on virtual scavenger hunts, find a terrible stock photo of a clarinet or something like that, just to try and keep them engaged or like fun things to try and keep the inspiration going. But it hasn't always been easy for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> fun That's things like that. Um, there's a carrot clarinet, find like another vegetable that you can make the clarinet out of. Things that are very fun and lighthearted. They're not like practice your skills or work on a concerto or something. Yeah. Have you seen that guy that makes a clarinet out of a out of a carrot? Yeah, he has oh a TED talk, God. I think. <laughs> yes, he does. It's yeah, fascinating. I was like, that's crazy. All right, I know what to do with my leftover vegetables. I, don't know. I know. I still haven't made one, but I need to try. Like well, we for about a week. <laughs> Are there any other fun projects you found for your students that have been especially engaging? 
I would say a lot of it is really self-directed. I've had students really take off with the multi-tracks and like use social media, which I was really excited about. Someone um, use acapella or make their own like professional multi-tracks. Some started practice accounts on Instagram, which was really great. They would build followers and they would have to stay accountable. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm trying to think what else they did. Some of them would do virtual concerts. I had one student that did a virtual concert and she played, we'll say, quote unquote, real clarinet music but then she also arranged music from the new animal crossing game to play <laughs> so it was a lot of fun for them it wasn't all super serious it was really lighthearted, and that was really exciting for them so a lot of it i wish i could take credit for but i really can't a lot of it was just self-directed trying to be creative in this new environment yeah there's such a struggle right now because we all have these decisions we need to make at the state level and realistically i'm not sure that there's time to sit down and talk with the people who have to teach on a daily basis and find the solutions together, which is really how it needs to happen. But as easy as it is to communicate with people, you reached out and asked for us. I would be willing to sit with legislators and talk to them. This way is just as fine. It's just as easy. <laughs> we have no excuses for not getting input and information we need. And this is where we have to stop for the week, but it's a good lead into our discussion on advocacy for next week. Thanks for tuning in to This Is You, a podcast by Dennis Swick. And Terry, Carla, Jenny, and I will look forward to meeting with you again next week to discuss the effects of COVID-19 on music education advocacy.